Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Shreds Takes. I'm your host, Michael Shredder. Um, and today I'm going to be doing a solo podcast as I uh, can't, couldn't get any guests here this weekend. And, you know, I'm really glad to have you guys back listening to my podcast. Today's venue, we're going to talk about legacies and sports topics that bring a lot of debates. Maybe not, we're not talking about maybe current issues right now, but I think in this time when you, you know, watch a lot of sports events on TV and reflecting back, you don't always appreciate how much impact certain athletes had in the game and the legacies they leave. So with that being said, I wanted to talk a little bit about the guys in the NBA who made the most impact from the 80s through the present day and why I think their impacts are different in that day and age, what I think their presence means to the future of the game for people that watch them, and what we can learn from those players and how we can be looking at them as role models. And as athletes, if we're basketball players or football players or whatever, how we can look at you know players that are in different eras and take stuff from them in order to make yourself better as a person or as a player. With that being said, I'm going to look at the 80s more specifically. And the most impactful player for me in the 80s was Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. I would say those two guys really shaped the 80s. You know, you could always say the, you know, the Pistons were a great team. And, um, you know, you could say that, you know, they're a great big man like Kareem and Kevin McHale Hakeem Olajuwon when he was coming along. I mean, he was younger at that time. But I think everyone would agree that's Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. Why? It's simple. Magic Johnson made Showtime. He's probably the best point guard to ever play basketball, right? The impact he had was extraordinary. He made his teammates better. He made basketball fun to watch. The NBA got more marketing from this. As you well know... Their college basketball game between Indiana State and Michigan State when they were both senior, seniors in college was the progression of fans being able to watch games on TV at a high level and be able to see their favorite superstars without actually being in the arena. As you well know, the NBA and the ABA were bigger you know, between the 70s and 80s. So you can make an argument that Dr. J was one of those in, most impactful players too. But if I was looking at the 70s, for example, you would probably say that Dr. J, between the 70s, Dr. J was one of the more impactful players because he was a shift from the NBA to the from the ABA to the NBA, right? But I am talking about strictly the 80s, and it is bird and magic. Because they <laughs> I mean, Dr. J, of course, made people go watch the game, but they, they showed a rivalry in sports that fans could grasp onto, watch on television, and enjoy. I think that's more monumental than anything. Yes, of course, Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain had great rivalries. But how many people actually remember that at this current time? How many people actually remember how those, those great players, despite the stats they put up? People remember Magic and Bird. They watched them. 
They idolized them. You ask any Boston fan, there a lot of them idolized Larry Bird. Any Lakers fan idolized Magic Johnson. And they're great personalities. Very different, though. Larry Bird went into coaching and now is the GM of the Indiana Pacers, a very successful one at that. And Magic Johnson is in, was was a you know president of basketball operations and the GM for the Lakers, and now he's uh, you know like going back to his former job working for ESPN and you know being a commentator and showing his personality. And that's one of the one things that made the impact in the '80s was the fact that. You have guys with great impact. They were able to change the game in so many ways. Not just on the court, but how people acted, how people changed in that period of time. It's interesting, isn't it? A game that was dominated a lot by bigs. Larry Bird and Magic Johnson were the two best players in that decade. Now you could say Kareem is the best player overall from all, but Kareem was also a 70s player. Kareem was older at that period of time. Still unbelievable. But Magic Johnson and the LA Bird have made the biggest impact in the 80s by far. And what they brought to the table is something that each player can look at and learn from. Magic Johnson, you know, he showed the way of a big forward being able to handle the ball, play all five positions, and do it effectively. Six foot nine, able to pass the rock, get to the basket, handle the ball, run a team. Look at a guy like LeBron James now. LeBron James is basically the point guard of the Los Angeles Lakers. A lot of stuff is from Magic Johnson. And with Larry Bird, he's similar in that sense that you see a guy who at that size could play three to four different positions. A guy who could win in different varieties of ways and with skill. You didn't see these just athletes winning the game. You saw a guy with skill. Larry Bird was not the most athletic. But he was one of the more skilled players to ever play the game. His passing, his awareness on defense, his shooting, his skill in the post, being able to somehow get to the basket, being able to somehow get loose balls when no one else will, being able to make these ridiculous shots that a lot of people didn't understand went in. And also, I think the most important factor is the clutchness of these guys. The fact that they were able to be so great under pressure. That's very hard for a lot of players nowadays to be great under pressure. It's very difficult. You have everyone counting on you to win games. You have a lot of people that are trying to win games for you. And the coach is trying to diagnose plays for you in order to be great. And Larry Bird and Matt Johnson were able to be clutch and go away from those plays and still win games at a high level. They were feared by their opponents. They were feared by their opponents. That's when you you know a guy has made an impact. When you're when you have a fear of a guy, that's how you know a great player. There's a difference between being a great player and making an impact. There are plenty of great players in the '80s, but we all know that Larry Bird and Magic Johnson were the reason the '80s were so promising. In the '90s, 
it's obvious who it was. The greatest basketball player to ever play, Michael Jordan. His impact in terms of being a champion, being a guy who can do it, who can win under any circumstances. Another guy who was feared by his competition and building a brand outside of basketball that has transcended to more brands to be developed today. Air Jordan. How many people have Air Jordan shoes? Millions. Maybe billions of people. Have, you know, a lot of people have Air Jordan shoes, and that's a big testament to him as a person. What he's done in building his brand. What he did as a competitor. You know, I was watching a uh, recent clip of him when he, you know, came back from retirement and played against the Knicks and put up, you know, 55 points. And people forget just how great of a competitor he was. How amazing he was at getting things done under pressure. Everyone says, oh, he's the greatest player of all time because of the rings or just the fact that he can dominate games or whatever. It was the whole package. And people can say LeBron James is the whole package. Jordan's defense and his ability to take over games in any way possible and put fear into you every time he had the ball was different than any other player that ever played. He, he couldn't lose when he was in those rounds. When he matured, no one could beat him. It didn't matter how good your team was. Because people would say, arguably, some of the teams that he's won against were not better. They were way better. Utah Jazz weren't a better team. Portland Trailblazers weren't a better team. Seattle Supersonics weren't a more talented team. Los Angeles Lakers, even though they were older, not a more talented team. Talent is against you one way. But if you have a player as great as Jordan on your team, you're going to win. And that's one thing about the 90s that people just forget. The 90s was a, was a great decade of basketball. A lot of great players. But there are guys who don't win, haven't won championships because of Jordan. Charles Barkley, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Patrick Ewing, Reggie Miller. Great players that have made a living on being clutch performers and great players, but guys who could not get past Jordan. That shows you the impact he made. He showed people that if you work hard, if you invest, if you have that competitive nature, you're going to be successful. I mean, he's a guy that definitely has inspired, you know, many athletes like to be what they can be in their basketball game, right? Think about it. I mean, if you if you're just a it's a, it's an obvious thing. You're competitive, you're looking to be the best at what you are. You gotta put that work in for it. Jordan did not got cut from his high school team and ended up being the best player to ever play. That's a true testament to work ethic. And to talent, of course. I mean, he was one of the more gifted athletes we'll ever see. 
but he was smart. He was skilled. He was tough. And a lot of guys should who have not taken notes from him should take notes. Watch the documentary tonight. By the way, 9 p.m., the, the Jordan documentary comes out. Definitely take a look at that. I'm very excited for that, by the way. It's going to be a great documentary. It's going to be great to see what they describe the Bulls teams as, how they describe Jordan, the trials and tribulations he went through. That documentary is going to be phenomenal. I'm very excited to watch that tonight. In the 2000s, you know, you have legacies. Shaq and Kobe. AI transforming maybe the way people go about dressing and acting. The emergence of LeBron James. In my opinion, I think the most impactful player of that was AI. Allen Iverson changed the way people played, people dressed, people acted. Was he the best player of the decade from 2000 to 2010? No. But he changed the way people started to be outside the court. And yeah, maybe some people don't see it as a good thing. I think he changed in a great way. And you know, despite his faults, he definitely made a humongous impact that can't be denied. And he showed that, you know, just because you might not have all the physical tools doesn't mean you can't be a great basketball player. He was maybe six feet tall. That's what he was listed at. More like 5'11". But one of the more talented scorers we'll ever see and a guy who changed the way people behaved on and off the court and allowed people to show more versatility. And now look at fashion now in the NBA. You see guys coming in different outfits all the time. And, you know, that's a testament to AI changing that way, those ways when he was a player. And I think it will continue to get changed and people will continue to see new fashion and better fashion as the NBA progresses. It's unbelievable. I'm now, for of course, I'm going to wrap up with this decade. And the most impactful player, in my opinion, he's not the best player. Best player from, I think, of the 2000, 2003 till now is LeBron James, hands down. It's from 2010 till now, it's definitely Steph Curry. Why? Because people are going to say, why is he not? Why isn't LeBron James? He's won a lot. He's shown people what a guy versatile forward can do. True. But what has Steph Curry done? He's changed the way the game has been played. The game was more inside inside out. What is it now? It's five out, spread out. You got to be able to guard five positions. You got to be able to handle the ball. You got to be able to shoot. That's a testament to him. Bigs got to be able to shoot threes now. How many NBA bigs do you see shooting threes now? A lot. A lot of them just step out and shoot. You know, you got a very athletic rim runner who plays in a fast paced game, or you got a big who's athletic but can shoot. If you want to make it far, you got to be able to shoot. That's what he brought to the, to the game. And it wasn't just the NBA. It was a transfer to college games like that 
putting out college coaches look at bigs for their whole skill set, not just a post game and maybe being able to face up and go to the basket. Being able to shoot threes is vital for college coaches. And I find that very interesting. You know, obviously when I was younger, I was taught as a big guy to play in the post, go to the basket, use your physicality, shoot, shoot. Don't, you don't have to shoot a lot of jumpers to be successful. Shoot the easy shots, use your size, use your strength. And that would have worked back in early 2000s, maybe. Now, yeah, you want to be able to be physical and be strong around the basket, of course. But you want to be able to handle the ball and you want to be able to shoot. And you want to be able to guard guys in the perimeter. There's a reason why the Warriors won three out of four years they were together. There's a reason they, I guess they have three out of five years. There's a reason. They went to their death lineup. They had five guys who could dribble, pass, and shoot and defend all the positions. You can put Draymond Green at the five. He could guard the big guys and he could guard guards. And it takes a lot of really good bigs out of it who are traditional post players. Kevin Love, for example, was a guy who was a more traditional post player early in his career. And now he's basically a guy who posts up and shoots threes. Predominantly shoots a lot of threes. It's, it's, it's very interesting for sure how it's definitely changed. And you know, I'm interested to see what exactly happens with big guys over time. You know, if, um, if big guys are still going to be as physical or it's going to be more rim protectors and just shooting threes like it is now – and that's more like a more accelerated level. You know, I think it's just uh, it's very interesting to see how that all progresses. The last thing I wanted to talk about was a pretty simple one. It's about who is the next great thing in sports. Who's going to be the next Tom Brady, the next LeBron James, right? Who's going to be that next guy you look at and say, that's the iconic player from this decade? This, this is all sports, not just basketball. Football, for example, I think it's going to be Patrick Mahomes because I think he's already on his way to doing that. But he's only been in the league for three years, four years. And he's unbelievable. But I think he, you know, still has a long way to go, even though he's won a championship. But I think he's on his way to being that iconic player of this decade. The next guy you look at and say, that's the next great quarterback of the decade. That's the next Peyton Manning type or Tom Brady type. Next Aaron Rodgers type. The guy who can win championships, put up great numbers, and has a great personality. I'm not saying those guys all have great personalities. No. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been known to have some issues off the field. But Patrick Mahone's personality is something that people get very attracted to when watching him. And his obviously his skill level is off the charts. He does a lot of amazing things for sure. I'm excited to see where he tra- what he transitions into for sure. I'm very excited to see that. Very excited. 
In terms of basketball, that's 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 a tough one. You know, the next iconic player. Is it Giannis? Is it Zion Williamson? Could it be a sleeper like Jason Tatum? Could it be John Morant? I don't know. Could it be Luka Doncic? There are a lot of names to choose from there. Why do I think that's important to talk about this? Because when you're in a time where in isolation, you need to think about maybe what the future is like. What the sports will be like. As I said last week, we don't know. We don't know what sports are going to be like necessarily. But we do know what sports bring to us in terms of impact and who can be that next face that we look at and grasp to. For example, a guy I don't think will be like the face of the NBA because of his person that like it's not it's not a problem with him his, his game level, it's just his personality is Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard might be the best player in the league after LeBron retires. Him or Kevin Durant. You know, if Kevin Durant comes back to be what he was. And Kawhi Leonard, honestly, if he won this year, people would probably say he is better than LeBron James. I am not the one who thinks that, but I think he's, he's he, there is definitely a conversation to be made there. But he's very quiet and does his business very assassin-like. So I don't know if he's going to be the face of the NBA because I don't think people will gravitate towards his personality. Furthermore, there's a lot of people who still won't ever get over the fact of what he did for the Spurs. You know, that was a whole weird situation, but he won in Toronto, and he's a winner for sure. But I think people would gravitate more toward a guy like Giannis. Giannis is a guy who has a supposedly, from what it seems like, great personality. Guy who puts his head down, cares about his team, cares about his city, the city that took him in. Is trying to win a championship for the Bucks. That's the kind of man I think could be a face of the face of the league. Some people say Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson had, had an unbelievable rookie year, and hopefully he'll be able to continue this year. But he's got a long way to go in that department, my friend. I don't I understand he had a great year. I think he could be eventually. But you can't, I don't think he's ready yet. Luka Doncic, unbelievable player. Unbelievable. He could be the face of the NBA. He's got to win more. And he's got to sustain this excellent for excellence for another couple of years. So if I didn't narrow it down, I think a guy like Steph Curry could be it in terms of personality. Kevin Durant, if healthy, could be it. And Giannis. I think... If Giannis is somehow able to win, Giannis will become the face of the NBA. Because people will gravitate toward a young guy who took down the Titans and was able to get by them and win and prove that he's better. But Giannis still has a long way to go. That was just crazy saying that because Giannis is on, was on pace to have the best PER in record history.
Unbelievable. Giannis is an unbelievable player. Most dominant player I've definitely seen since Shaq. But his skill level needs still a lot of work. He needs to still get his handle a little bit tighter, even though he's improved a lot in that. And his chat still needs to get a lot better, even though it's improved a lot. And I think he will. I'm actually a big Giannis fan. I'm rooting for him. I think he is the next face of the NBA, but he's got a lot of work to do and he's got to win when it matters most. There's a lot of guys who say James Harden's a choker. I'm not saying Giannis is a choker, but I said Giannis' capabilities are more driven around driving by you to the basket. And if you wall him off and put a good defender on him, he becomes a 17-point-per-game scorer. He is an MVP candidate every time in the regular season. I think he will be for a bunch of years. But the one thing I will say is as long as he continues to work on that shot and trust it and his teammates step on the list, Milwaukee can be very good, very dangerous. If he gets the NBA championship this year, that's a big step for him. Be able to push or even win a championship or lose in like six or seven games. Yeah, I'll say like, you know, he, he's on his pace to being that great player that everyone wants him to be. I'm always very interested in this because obviously, you know, people people want some player to root for, a player to gravitate towards. I think it's just very interesting, you know, how things like this change over time and how people's opinions of these kind of players change day-to-day based on how they play in one regular season game. And I guess the final thought I'm going to bring up today is just everyone just stay safe, stay well, and, you know, when you're looking at these sports, I think these things are these are things to think about. You know, who are your new favorite players? Who are you going to grow up idolizing? Like how I grew up idolizing certain guys. For me, it was Dirk Nowitzki, LeBron James, guys like that. Those were guys I idolized. But who's the next generation you're going to idolize? Giannis, Zion Williamson, Luka Doncic, Patrick Mahomes, Mike Trout, Jordan Spieth. Those are questions to obviously look at. And I think the impact that each each athlete that's great has made in the game should be taken again. A lot of guys were underappreciated. Should be more appreciated. Like I think Steph Curry gets very underappreciated. Everyone knows he's not the greatest shooter ever play. But I think he is a guy who maybe is not as clutch as some other guys. But he's a clutch player. Won three championships. So... You know, I just wanted to make sure that people understand that, you know, these, these great athletes go through trials and tribulations and one regular season game or one game in the playoffs does not define who they are. There are players who haven't won championships who I would still consider very great. I mean, just look at the NBA. There's plenty of Hall of Famers who are still in the top 50 of all time. Never won a championship. Doesn't mean they, doesn't mean they're not good. Anyways, I, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. You know, follow my Instagram account and 
look forward to uh, keep posting updates each weekend and giving you guys some fun info during this tough times and even even beyond this. So thank you and uh, stay safe out there. Thank you.